0: Get out of your head to get in your head. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah.
1: uh, Bean. That's another puff, puff, puff moment. Be kind to your mind. (laughs) You're on fire right now. Welcome to Signal, the podcast that raises your frequency. I'm Maury Fontanez. And I'm Melissa Grushka. And
0: this week, we are talking very calmly about meditation. So get your meditation boots on. Greener. what's up, my love bug? Happy week two of November, Bean arena Happy week two to you, to, to, to you. Bean, tell me something good. I feel like I need,
1: I don't know, do you have something like beautiful that happened this week or? Oh, you want my Cringer delight right away? I feel like you just went right for it. No foreplay or anything? Nope. nope. I Damn. need it immediately. Instant gratification. <laughs>
0: Um, I have a delight.
1: Good, Good, because I
0: was going to say, if it was cringe, (laughs) keep it to yourself. I'm not interested right now. Look at my hair. You can tell I am only here
1: for positivity right now. (laughs) Okay, I'll give you my delight. Yes. TJ had, this is not my delight. TJ had shoulder surgery recently, and we went out for a walk till I just get out. He's doing a great job in his sling, by the way. I'm proud of him. Little guy. Him and his sling Um, guy. I know he's being awesome. But we went for a walk and we took Kaya for a walk and we live near the ocean and we don't take advantage of it ever. Like it's just one yeah. of those things. You know, when I lived yeah. near DC, I never, you know, did the monuments. Yeah. Like it just is what you do. We're walking, we're walking. We're walking. TJ should have been like an ecologist or some kind of like nature somebody. I could because see he that. He is so good at yeah knowing things. <laughs> He nature. The vibe
0: too If he was like, if you were like he's an college it makes sense. Even his like physical appearance, it makes
1: totally. sense. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like he or he should work at Patagonia. Hey
0: Patagonia, give oh, us a call. Yeah. LL Bean, maybe. Yeah. REI. REI.
1: Yes. Yeah. So anyway, T- we're walking and we're <laughs> looking down at the ocean. And TJ notices a bunch of not seagulls. What are the oh, pelicans. Which by the way, pelicans are fascinating just to watch. Have That's you ever gigantic. seen them fish? I yeah, mean, scoop it up. Scoop no, it up. they dive bomb like from up high into the ocean. So he's noticing this happening with a bunch of them. and He's like, oh, look over there with all those pelicans. There's going to be dolphins. Yeah. And we stop for a minute. And when I tell you it was Sunday at like 11, it was like brunch. There were at least eight dolphins, two baby <gasps> dolphins in Yay! there, a sea lion, a seal, <sighs> It was so cool. It felt like being at the aquarium, but like we're literally basically in our backyard and we stood there for 20 minutes and we just watched these dolphins like feast on this poor school of fish.
0: This is a delight. I'm sorry, fish. Rest in peace, fish. But that is (laughs) such a delight. It's like a dream sequence.
1: It was so delightful. And he's narrating it to me the whole time. He's like, the pelicans are dive bombing and the seagulls are just doing (laughs) seagull things. And I'm like, what's that? I actually took a video and put it in my stories because it was so funny. I'm Uh -uh. like, what are seagull things? He's like, you know, just stealing the food while everyone else does the work. <laughs> I was like, totally. oh damn. That's so seagull of you. That's my delight. What you got? You give wow, me a cringe. I really love that. Thank you. It's your turn to cringe us out. I'm depressed to say I don't have any delight. <laughs> oh, <awkward. Aww. laughs> Maybe after this episode on mindfulness and meditation, oh, you I will think get there. It
0: will be delightful. My cringe is really just honestly, I don't, even though I do a podcast, I'm not a big fan of putting myself out there. I don't, you know that about me, but I'd imagine anyone listening who doesn't know me thinks that I'm fine with it. I actually don't like the attention being on me. And I have recently started to try to garner some more attention and support towards our Instagram handle at first for the podcast. I am trying to do some stories and some lives or not lives. I don't even know what you call them. That's how cringy I am. (laughs) <laughs> and it makes me feel really uncomfortable. I'm just going with it and trying to do like a one take thing and calling it a day. Doesn't have to be perfect. But then like posting it, it all just makes my insides feel funny. I will say
1: something to you. Uh oh. Is it cringy? You are a natural. <gasps>
0: Bean, you're my fawn fan girl.
1: No, favorite. I'm telling you. Let <laughs> me say why. I was watching, you posted some story about um, I think it was like our last spooky episode, and you were talking about how you're in the target parking lot and you went in and you didn't want to buy anything and if that's not terrifying you don't know what is but like you just are so authentic and you meant it and you deliver things so dry and straightforward and I laughed and I was like wow she's made for this platform I think
0: I so yeah. value that because every time I watch anything I do I'm like oh my lord yes that- that's just
1: oh my- that's just welcome to the Please human don't. experience of imposter oh. syndrome we all go oh we all have gosh. that. But I think that's why I don't do these things normally like because I I
0: do not enjoy watching myself do that. I'm just going to do it and then not watch it. Just post it. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. That's how I'm going to uncringe. Okay. Just like do it, post it, and back out and be like, you know what, world? This is it. Deal with it.
1: We healed that real fast. Wow. Thank you for your time and effort. See, guys, we make shit happen on this podcast. (laughs) And by the way, with that said, if you feel like supporting us and you want to see us making this show... And having it reach more and more people, we would so appreciate if you could please, please, please rate, review, and share. I know I'm asking to do three things, but it'll take like <laughs> two minutes. So please, because the more that we can get people to listen, the more traction this podcast will have, which will mean we can just keep making episodes and hopefully contribute to your personal growth journey. So tell me what you think of my cringy stories when you're out there, <laughs> in when your you're reviews. in that world. All right. So Bean, we're going to talk about meditation today. And I really wanted to do that because, and you really wanted to do that actually, because- I did. I think it was my idea, but you had brought it up earlier, but I was like, let's do a whole vibe on meditating and how healthy and beautiful it is. We have this fun dynamic in our brainstorms with our producers where Bean mansplains my previous ideas to me. <laughs> Wait, can we preface this, which we've referenced before?
0: I have a really yeah. shitty memory, like a goldfish memory. So new I- all ideas are new ideas for me.
1: Yes. It's like making this podcast with Dory. <laughs> I think it keeps it fresh and interesting. Okay. Right? So you wanted to do this. Why did you want to do this me. episode?
0: Because even though I'm really bad at meditating at this current stage in my life, whenever I have been good at meditating, I have it has made the world of difference. And my husband is like two different humans. Like there's a non-meditating version and a meditating yeah.
1: version. Can we start saying his name, by the way? we just, You keep saying Hello. husband. We got to know. I don't
0: know. I'm all into secrecy and privacy. I guess, though, you can easily you can figure, figure say his out – My husband's name is Corey. So there's non-meditating Corey and there's meditating Corey. Non-meditating Corey is a little scatterbrained and all over the place. And his attention goes in all directions. Right. Meditating Corey is very mindful. He's very thoughtful. He's very careful with his actions, his words. He just, it's like, it's truly like medication almost. It like completely shifts his being and it shifts my being. I'm I'm going to stop, you know, telling him how he feels and how yeah. I feel when I meditate and how beautiful it can be to get to that deep level that is possible. Which but I think people have such a misunderstanding and it feels way too challenging. Yeah. So most people are like I can't do that. I can't shut off. So I'm I'm just going to forget it. I'll do something else.
1: Yeah. Corey is also just so insightful. Like I think deeply intuitive person. When we used to live closer together, I would say Corey was sometimes as much my bestie as you. Hundred. That's how close we are. And I feel like it has to do with his level of like Insightfulness and intuitiveness, and like he's got this big, beautiful heart, and he's really connected. And I think you're right when he can get to a place of centeredness, like all of us, right. um, and that higher self comes out. It's like truly phenomenal. So yes, I love that you see the impact with him, and I think you are meditation curious. Medi- meditation curious. Yeah, yeah, I mean,
0: I have to say before, I, probably when my oldest was younger. I used to actually meditate a lot. I would go to a place to meditate to like a – it was like a center for healing. Uh And I would meditate in person with – I had this like teacher who was just amazing and could instantly put me into this like trance-like state Mm. almost. But doing it away from her for years now, especially since COVID, uh, I I struggle a lot more. So I have been deeper into the practice than I am currently – Yeah, Um, But now I'm so far removed from it that I feel like I am like meditation curious again. And I've actually gone into deep meditations with you that we've discussed on this podcast before, like deeper than I can get. Yeah.
1: You're not alone. I think a lot of majority of people are meditation curious. I think the reason I wanted to do this episode is because I think meditation- No, no. I wanted to do this. (sighs) I know, but then the reason I agreed after it wasn't my idea was because- I think that people hear that word meditation and it has a heaviness to it. It has a weight. It has like a a gate that you can't access to it. And I am so passionate about how accessible meditation is. And so for me, it was about like, let's talk about how we make this thing super accessible. Yes. My experience with meditation – is really profound. I meditate as often as I can. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you I do it daily. And as an intuition coach, I really wish I could say that because that would really help my brand. But I don't. And I actually think my brand is about practical spirituality, meaning that it's not always going to be the day that you can meditate. But I use meditation and visualizations in my sessions, probably daily with clients. And in those visualizations and meditations where I'm guiding them to visualize something, we're able to access and unlock so much information about the past, the present, and the future. This is where your intuition can really speak to you is when you're in that kind of deep state of mindfulness. You can hear your higher self, your intuitive wisdom, and it's telling you things about what's to come or how to get what you want. And it's super unlocking, but it doesn't mean you have to go, you know, sit in the wilderness and disconnect from society to be able to get there. It's super accessible. So I'm really passionate about people understanding how much easier it is than you think when you hear that word. I agree. I think it's really a turnoff for people whose minds are racing constantly.
0: And it should be said that like, my mind is racing constantly. And I've been able to meditate your mind is racing constantly. I mean, it's not just these um, monks who are super calm that can that can uh, access these, whatever you want to
1: call it, truths and words. Centerness beans having it's a not just problem. like these
0: books that can right access the centerness. It's really is truly accessible. And even like a few minutes here and there can have profound effects. Ever I think people think with meditating, you need to be able to sit for hours on end and you don't. Yeah, exactly. There's so many different ways to do it, which I'm sure we're gonna
1: get into in this episode. It's not just like sit in silence. We're gonna get into it. My goal is to tell you how to do it more accessibly, but I thought tell me. Since you know Mm -hmm. I like origin stories, maybe I'd give you three minutes on the origin of meditation, sort of. It's kind of hard to trace it. You want it? Yeah, hit me with, yeah, yeah, a quick synopsis. Hey, when you review us and you decide that you love or don't love my dabbles into history, please tell us because I will keep doing it (laughs) until you tell me. (laughs) I was going to say, that's who you are. (laughs) Stay true to you, Bean. Do you know why? No, I don't. Because our origin has so much wisdom in it for where we're headed.
0: Wow, that's beautiful. So
1: we need to understand it. Okay, so I'm going to do five minutes. So the word meditation stems from meditatum. Meditatum means to ponder. It's just the Latin word for meditation. Now, this is the thing when looking in the origin of meditation. Basically, most um, scholars, anthropologists, researchers have agreed that it's just hard to trace the origin of meditation because the concept of meditation is not a finite easy word to define. Meditation can mean a number of things. Um, That said, the majority of these scholars agree that it's basically as old as humans. It's old as the human experience. And I thought that was interesting because I think when we think of modern mindfulness, we're thinking of meditation from the Hindu religion and Buddhism. But what they're saying is that actually we as humans have utilized this spiritual practice from the moment that we arrived. And one of the things that some of these researchers talked about is looking at our ancestors from 200,000 to 150,000 years ago, using fire gazing as a form of meditation. Oh, I could see that, right? You ever like get entranced when you're staring at the fire? You're like, what does it all mean? Right. And then you're connecting to something deeper, not just like, you know, the day-to-day thing that's happening. Insert Melissa's dinosaur reference here. (laughs) <laughs> no? you don't want to talk about dinosaurs
0: okay yeah t-rexes are like sitting in a uh, lotus pose <laughs> there it's we always go Rex with
1: their little arms like you know in the... <laughs> there we go that's what i was looking for so but this is what i loved he this psychologist matt rosano writes about fire gazing and he says that fire gazing meditation literally made us human by rewiring our brains in such a way that symbolism became possible, and thereby the development of language. I feel like this is a puff, puff, pass moment right here. Right, right. Yes, brilliant. Of all the sh- of all the history you've shared, this is quite <laughs> inspirational. I thought that was brilliant. Agreed. There's also a lot of conversation about shamanic journeying, and that's a form of meditation that obviously still happens today, but our ancestors in tribes practiced. And again, they're saying it's as old as humanity itself. There's, of course, the ancient Vedic practices. These were said to have been happening throughout India for thousands of years before they were actually then written down. So the earliest written record of meditation comes from the Hindu Vedas around 1500 BCE. I wonder if that's why it's associated more with Hinduism. (laughs) And also because what you'll find out later is that people who practiced meditation with yogis are the ones who brought it really to Western society in that mindfulness way. I won't learn it later. I just learned it now. You just learned it. You're right. You'll like this one. The Torah also contains descriptions of Isaac going to La Sauch in a field and basically doing this Jewish meditation mostly, and it was practiced around 1000 BCE. There's other forms of meditation that are recorded from 600 to 400 BCE in both Taoist China and Buddhist India. So... It's more expansive than I think we believe when we think about meditation. The other thing that I thought was interesting is that the Vedas, which emerged around 3000 BCE, as we talked about, are based on Vedic hymns. And they're described as the songs of Brahma, which is the creator that sang the universe into being. And Mm. the sages heard these brahma songs during meditation and their transmission into sanskrit is believed to recreate the sound of the origin of the universe om believed to be the sound that the universe is making
0: wow
1: so one of the things i learned when i did a really cool workshop that taught me how to do both yogic poses and meditation. You're supposed to do it every day. Uh, I stopped after 30 days, unfortunately, because it's 45 minutes. So again, wow. this one's hard it's a to big get treatment. to. Yeah, but is that when you do that, um, your frequency is vib- vibrating at the frequency of the universe. So think about how you're raising your frequency and what that lock-in alignment does for your ability wow. to be like. Connected I used to, everything. to hate
0: doing that when I would meditate. I wasn't into participating in that part, but as I continued down my path, I started participating and really liking being, I didn't realize, I don't know if it was that frequency or just being in the same sort of frequency as everybody around Others. you meditating.
1: Yeah. Big that makes deal.
0: you feel like whole. Yes, totally. And I, this is a little scientific, but I know with the vagus nerve humming can really mm-hmm. help. The vagus nerve has a lot to do with your sympathetic nervous system and humming really helps calm
1: the nervous system. Your, yeah. I think it's all connected. Yeah. 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 So the last thing I'll say on my little trip into history is that there's a common misconception that like the contemporary Western world only learned about meditation through these Eastern practices from Hinduism, from Buddhism. But actually, a lot of forms of Western meditation existed in the pre-religions of most Western religions uh, like Christianity. So ancient Greeks have had examples of meditation. The pagans meditated, the Druids, which are pre-Christians in wow. Ireland, used a lot of connection with nature to meditate. There's also indigenous cultures in the Americas that clearly are meditating and communing with nature. So this idea that we got, you know, Western cultures received it only from Eastern cultures is a total myth.
0: This was actually one of my favorite history lessons you've ever given. I don't know if it's because I, too, am very passionate about the topic of meditation or if because this was truly enlightening or
1: both. Is it because I did it in five minutes? I don't know. Maybe
0: it's because you weren't long-winded. I don't know. But I really enjoyed it and found it to be fascinating because I truthfully knew none of that. Okay, good. Well, I'm so glad. I love that. So, I mean, I think I was going to just... To try to speak to the benefits of it. I don't even know if I have to. I mean, it physically calms the body down. Yeah. It emotionally calms the body down. Yeah. It spiritually calms the body down. It's like a, it's like a cure-all. I mean, I'm not, I shouldn't say that, but yeah. it's really, it's, it's extremely therapeutic when done properly.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's actually five actual benefits that a lot of researchers and doctors and scientists talk about when they think about meditation. One, it gives you access to understanding your pain. again? When you are in a meditative state, and we'll talk in a minute about what that means, Yeah, you're able to slow the thoughts down yes. and get in touch with what's going on in your inner world. And there is a lot happening in our inner world that requires our attention. And we often ignore those things and try to find other ways to make ourselves busy, which means that those things never get attended to or healed.
0: I think to put it into Maury speak or Bean speak, really, when you are meditating, I think it should be noted for people who do struggle that it's not about silencing your mind. It's about recognizing your thoughts and allowing them to move on. So I think in terms of what you do and your work, it sort of is like quieting the
1: limiting beliefs that you hear all the time or really looking at those limiting beliefs and figuring out where what is the origin what is the feeling in here that I'm having that I need to look at so that's one the other like you said it lowers your stress it's been proven scientifically to do that it allows us to connect better not only to self to source universe energy whatever you want to call it but also to each other There is a lot of compassion that gets developed in a meditative practice for self. And when you have compassion for self, it's easier to have compassion for others. Mm, It's also shown to improve focus. And it does that by the fifth thing, reducing brain chatter, which means you're just able to quiet the mind a little bit and really focus on what it is that's happening in the present moment. I think that's the one we didn't talk about. Meditation for me is about setting down the past setting down the future and just holding the present. And when we can be in presence, that is the ultimate point to living and having life experiences. So many of us are walking around right now having life experiences without registering them because of that brain chatter. So the more we can learn how to just take a moment to quiet that chatter, we can really be present in that moment with those dolphins and have it be a core memory that's exciting that I can then relay a week later because I'm not thinking about a million other things when it's happening. I'm able to be present in it.
0: I mean, truthfully, had you not been present in that moment, you guys could have probably just walked right by walked and not noticed there were dolphins and sea like like such a beautiful scene in nature. You would have just so strolled true. right by if you guys were deep in conversation about something that probably wasn't as beautiful as that scene.
1: Yeah, it's so true. I thought it was interesting too. I was looking at research around meditation and one researcher said that it's estimated that 95% of our behavior runs on autopilot, which means yeah. that there are neural networks that underline all of our habits and they do this by reducing millions of sensory inputs. So they're overriding our sensory inputs cuz they're on autopilot. Like think about I'm going to wake up this morning and get the kids ready for school. When you're in that autopilot mode, you may just only perceive that narrative rather than other things that could be going on that are calling for your attention. I was saying with Corey earlier that he becomes so much more mindful when he meditates.
0: Like he becomes in that situation of, let's say, getting the kids ready, he becomes more mindful of something in the other room or things that he normally would have just, it would have been like tunnel vision, like get this done,
1: get that done. And he gets distracted along the way. Yeah. Right. And that's because according to this research, uh, the brain just defaults to these signals. It becomes so efficient in following this autopilot mode that what meditation does and also mindfulness, which is, we'll talk about the difference, is it's the exact opposite of this process. It basically interrupts this process. And I love the way this one researcher talked about it. It's called, it's executive control rather than being on autopilot, meaning that it's enabling intentional actions, willpower, and decisions. It takes practice, but it's really about overriding the autopilot mind that's trying to move us through life. And yeah. having an intentional mind that gives us executive function over it. It's empowering. Autopilot is really
0: resonating with me. Because yeah. now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like that's me literally 98% of the day. It's all just like keep going. Do the next chore. Do the next task. Go, 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 go. I'm not even like focusing. I'm just like yeah. know what I need to get done. So I'm just like checking all the boxes.
1: That's yeah. all of us. I really do think yeah, that yeah, you're, yeah. I mean, that's just, that's unfortunately Agreed. the part of living in a world with so much stimulus coming at you all the time.
0: I was thinking, I wonder if the cavemen struggled with this running an autopilot, but they probably didn't. And they were, that's why all these earlier civilizations were probably better able to meditate. <laughs> but
1: I don't know if they didn't, because think about how much more frightening life was then. So it's totally. also very possible that Tigers. this is yeah. also this anxiety we've inherited from our ancestors. Yeah. Right. So, Anyway, trauma responses, if you know what I mean, fight or flight oh, yeah. from the tiger, just
0: call back to the last episode. Call out, go listen to last week. It is so good for you. There's literally nothing negative to say about meditation. There's no downside. So why are we, why do we struggle, including myself who is, ex- has experience with meditation? I struggle to sit down and do what I need to do. Yeah. Why are we all having such a hard time? I, like I was saying in the beginning,
1: I think that it feels too hard to do. And I think that it's because we have a hard time stopping the mind. And when we try, I think a lot of people have reported to me trying and failing. That's what they'll say is I can't right. meditate. And I actually love that curiosity. If you turn it from can't into I don't know if I can meditate because right, right then you're becoming aware. <laughs> And that awareness is the entry point to meditation. So as you were saying, let's just talk about meditation for a minute. Meditation in its most simple, basic form is about sitting and focusing on the breath. That's all it is in the most simple form. Now, when it moves over into mindfulness, it's about then noticing, noticing what's going on in the body, in the mind, in the emotional body, in the spiritual body. But if you just start with the basics of breathing, right. meditation is about bringing the nervous system down, taking a moment to quiet the mind just by focusing on the breath. There is a breath that a lot of people use. Um, I met this amazing psychotherapist, Ellen Vora, who, fingers crossed, we're hoping to have on. She oh, wrote this gorgeous book fun. about anxiety, and she taught us this four-seven-eight breath. And I'm sure a lot of people have heard of it, but it's basically just inhaling for four, counting to four so that you're really, there you go. Now hold your breath for seven, three, four, five, six, seven. Then you're exhaling slowly for eight, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And if you can just focus on doing that, as an introductory method to this breath work and meditation, you'll notice a difference. The four, seven, eight breath in for four, hold for seven, exhale slowly for eight. Do that three times in the morning. Just start it's there. Similar to, bo-
0: I think it's called box breathing. Yes, exactly. Where, yeah, I think it's Very similar, similar to that. Yeah, In, hold. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. So- just start there. So that's I just wanted to make sure when we're talking about meditation versus mindfulness, we're being very clear about what it means. You don't have to immediately drop into this state of total consciousness and connection to the universe. You can just start by focusing on the breath. But I think it's hard because people believe it's going to take too much time. It's going that they can't do it. So the second thing that comes up is I'm not able to quiet my mind, which means I'm not good at this. Right. That's the biggest issue, I think, for most people. Right. That's okay. It's just like we were talking about, I think, in the last episode when I say, in my method, no parts of you are disposable, which means neither are your thoughts. You can just notice them. So the way that I, when I'm teaching people how to do this, talk about this, is when you're in the breath work and you're just sitting in silence, breathing, and a thought comes up, all I'm asking you to do is be like, oh, hi, thought, that's it. I'm going to
0: give an example that's, that's been really helpful for me during meditation that was taught to me by that meditation teacher who I used to practice with a lot. Um, yeah. She used, used the example of envisioning your thought as like a leaf that sort of fell off mm. of a tree. You're sitting in front of a river, a leaf fell down like a tree a little further down and the leaf is coming past you and you mm. see the leaf and you're watching it, but you're also watching it go back down the river. So you Beautiful. see it. Yeah, it's a really lovely thing. So I try to use that and I actually visualize my actual thought in a river going down the river so that I see it. I'm not ignoring Love it. That. I'm not pushing it out. The idea is not to push it out of your head, which I think is one of the biggest misconceptions. Yes. You're not trying to like get the thoughts out. You're just trying to see them and let them move on their way instead of engaging with them tremendously. Like just sort of see them. and I love that. Yourself. Yeah, me too. That's great. Or like a cloud passing by in the mm-hmm. sky. You see it. It's sort of shifting shape as it's going by a little bit, but eventually it's gone. You don't see it
1: anymore. It goes by you. It's The moment's passed. Yeah. Beautiful. I really like Thank that. Yeah. And it's really all about not judging them, not yeah. judging your thoughts, looking at it. Right. not judging yourself. So don't if judge that leaf. someone says to me, I can't meditate, I am immediately noticing judgment in that statement. Right. And that's why I say when they say it, I think it's such an opening because then I get to be like, ah, sounds like you're judging the fact that thoughts are coming up rather than accepting them. And to that beautiful analogy, just seeing them as there they are. And I'm just going to let it float past. And then the next one's going to come and I'm going to. And just right there, by the way, mindfulness. Now you're suddenly aware of your thoughts and the way they come in and what causes them to come in. Think about the deep, profound self-awareness you cultivate when you just sit for a minute and do it totally the third obstacle that i hear a lot is time people believe they have to do it for 15 20 30 minutes i meditate for five minutes five sometimes i meditate for two minutes it's just about taking a moment of stillness focusing on my breath and noticing what's happening and trying to make that mindful connection so that obstacle i think we just create for ourselves because we ha- are filled with a lot of content about how to do things really well and perfectly right. and you know you don't have to be a guru that's not what this is you don't have to do this like a professional this is for you this is a tool to help you get into stillness and mindfulness so any amount of time
0: Yeah. I think a comparable example would be even like exercise. Like it's better to walk on the treadmill for 15 minutes. Like you don't say, well, if I can't give, if I can't work out for an hour and a half, I'm not going to work out at all. You know, you like, you're like, why don't I go for a 20 minute walk? Cause it's better than nothing. It'll give me a little heart rate increase. It'll do, you know, give me a little boost of what I need and maybe tomorrow I'll be able to do
1: it longer or whatever, what have you. Yeah. Also you don't have to close your eyes. A lot of meditation teachers just tell you you can have a soft gaze True. on something. Sometimes people closing their eyes have a hard time. Sometimes sitting down on the ground is hard. Lay down.
0: There can I need be...
1: to close my eyes. It's fine. Yeah, me too. I'm me sure, too. Yeah, I have to. I cannot like
0: get out of my – I start looking around if my eyes are open. Although, yes.
1: don't you do walking meditations? I've never well, done a walking meditation. I was just going to get into different forms of meditation. So actually, oh, I think great. that's such a good transition. So. Those are the reasons why I think people don't do it. But why don't we wrap this episode up with ways that people can maybe start to do it as a way of getting there. Okay. So like I said, first of all, just think about it like focusing on your breath. Try the 478.
0: Get out of your head to get in your head. You know what I mean? Oh. Yeah.
1: Uh, Bean. That's another puff puff. to your mind. (laughs) You're on fire right now. So- Like I said, we don't have to be professional. So just start with the breath work. Do the 478 tomorrow morning for a minute and just notice how it feels. That's all I'm asking you guys. Try that. A lot of apps also have like quick
0: five-minute meditations. So like if you feel like, where do I start? Download an app. There's Calm. There's Headspace. There's so many great apps. And you can select, like filter down the
1: amount of time you want to do. So start small, baby steps like everything else. Love that. I use Insight Timer. Oh, Insight Timer. Yeah. And I love that one because it has music. It has guided meditations. It has a timer so you can set a time, which is also a best practice to getting into meditation is just set the clock for two minutes and that's it. Once the timer goes off, you can get up and leave. Um, And that's the other thing I was going to say is that meditation can look different for different people. So I want to talk about a few different kinds of meditation you can do. Guided meditation means that you're listening to someone guide you. And in fact, we're going to link in the show notes to one of my favorite mindfulness teachers. Her name is Tara Brock, and she teaches this RAIN method. And it's a form of really inviting compassion into yourself. Um, RAIN stands for recognizing what is happening, allow, A, the experience, I investigate with interest and care, and nurture with self-compassion. So we have a little 12-minute RAIN meditation, guided meditation that that I've used that she's done. So we'll put that in the show notes. But a guided meditation is a really great way to to start. I'm further down the path and I
0: still need guided. I can't meditate without any guidance. I know some people hate guided. I can only do guided. That's like it's You kind of pick your own adventure when it comes to meditating, I think.
1: Yes. And the other part of it is set an intention. What are you looking to get out of this? What is your why? I mean, that's my advice on life and anything you're doing. Be attached to the why. What's your intention? And to your point, my intention changes from day to day. Sometimes it's more compassion for myself. Sometimes it's more empowerment. Sometimes it's more... Uh, Patience. So think about what it is you want to achieve. And if a guided meditation is the pathway to do it, awesome. Music is one way I use so that I can really connect to what, as an intuitive, I'm actually receiving. And I do that a lot when I'm going to make content because what I'll ask is, what do people need to know about how to connect to their higher selves? And I'll have a thought appear in a meditation and I'll share it. So music is one way of doing it too. You just mentioned I do walking meditations. All that means is that you are out in nature, which I think is such a beautiful connector to self and to source and to nature. So you're out in nature. You're walking. The first step is you're paying attention to your walking. You're paying attention to your breath and your feet. You're paying attention to them rising and falling. Get your face out of that phone. Yes, exactly. You're really paying attention to your footsteps. That's how it starts. Then as you are in that meditative space, you're looking up, you're paying attention to your environment, and you're hyper-focusing on the leaves on the trees, the way that the wind is making things ripple, really hyper-focusing on the environment. And really doing that for 10 minutes a day is a very incredible practice to connect back to self. There is a body scan meditation, which I love. And again, all these resources we talked about, you can download and you can find them. The body scan meditation is when you close your eyes and you just bring awareness to each part of your body, like you're scanning from the very top of your head down to your toes and just noticing in the top of my head, do I feel any contraction? What am I noticing? What does it feel like down to my face? What does it feel like? And as you're scanning and noticing any tension that you're holding, you bring attention to releasing the tension. So you're just breathing into that space, breathing and releasing the tension and allowing it to just fall away all the way down your shoulders, chest, stomach, down to your feet. Body scan meditation. There's a million different ways of meditating but those are a few that I love that I use with my clients and myself and I think that to Melissa's point it is a choose your own adventure and there's so many ways of doing it it doesn't have to be overbearing overwhelming right. inaccessible it can be super easy and I think if you just commit to trying it for two weeks I know we're supposed to set a habit by doing it for 30 days but I also think that's overwhelming one Wait, week baby steps baby steps yeah try I'm it for saying. five days And see what happens. And by the way, another misconception, there's no time of day that's best for it. You can do it early in the morning. You can stop in the middle of the day to do it. You can do it before you go to bed. Whatever fits your lifestyle without feeling like it's a burden. There are not as
0: many constraints. I think people think that you have to be like in a tent in the woods with nobody around. There are just really not that many constraints. There are so many opportunities throughout the day where you can take a moment to meditate.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So- I don't know. I think that's our Meditate brief on little- that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we are saying just try it just and try see what it, just it does give for a you. Taste.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, meditation done, Bean. That felt like a meditation, that whole episode. It kind of did. I feel relaxed. Me too. Let's take this Zen into our day and see what happens. Well, thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a good guest. I keep inviting you back every thanks. week. You are very kind.
0: Thank you. Very welcoming. It's been an honor to be here. And have a great mindful rest of your week, please. You
1: too. Bye. Super duper. Bye. This has been another episode of Signal, the podcast that raises your frequency. This podcast is co-hosted by me, Maury Fontanez, and Melissa Grushka. Special thanks to my production team, Anushri Thekadev. Arman Kassam and Anais Islami don't forget to join us next week for another episode see you then